You're here at the Full Circle Music Show. This is Seth Mosley. Today in the house we've got Manifest, one of my favorite dear friends and artists, here to share with us today on taking a dream and turning it into a career. And he has done exactly that. He's got a new album out, a four-time Juno Award nominee, author, and over a thousand shows rocked on four continents. Pretty impressive. Make sure you stick around all the way to the end of the episode. Lots of good tips and tricks in here. Speaking of tips and tricks, if you're a songwriter out there and you're wanting to learn how to take your hobby and turn it into a profession, we want to give you a free copy of the top 10 tips from a Grammy-winning songwriter. Just go straight over to thefullcircleacademy.org. Again, that's thefullcircleacademy.org and download it for free right there. And let's dive into the show. In the house today with Chris Greenwood, a.k.a. Manifest. What's going on, man? Thanks for being here today in the studio. Yes, it's good to be back. Been uh, hanging and uh, rocking some new music, which is going to be hitting the airwaves really soon. Just had the chance to uh, finish writing a tune yesterday with you. Yeah, that was fun, man. We uh, came together so smooth and... It's good, man. It's always challenging, and uh, you know, making it making it work for radio. You got to do what you got to do sometimes, and make some tweaks. And I think the song is going to be better for it. You know. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit of your story? Because you're obviously making a living as a musician, doing your own music. What was the story of you taking it from a dream or a hobby to making a living at it? Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I was I had a really good computer job. I lived at home. You know, I was making 70000 a year. And so I had all this money to spend on getting tracks made and get a website up. And, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was just, you know, writing. And um, my girlfriend, who's my wife now, we did an EP and she did the photos for it. And she made a album cover and we released this independent record. And I was still at my job. And all of a sudden I'm starting to play shows. My first show was uh, just at my church. We just did it for fun, and my, I remember my pastor like took up a little offering for us, and we got paid like thirty or forty bucks our first show. And so it's like, wow, I'm getting paid to rap, to sing, like getting paid for this. Like you're just doing it because you love it, right? Like isn't that why we all started originally, right? We didn't do it for because it was our living, because I didn't think it could be that. But the more I did it and played shows and realized like, wow, this this could really maybe turn into something. And I eventually went from working five days a week. And then my company I worked for was nice enough to give me Fridays off so I could play one more show, sneak one more show in there, or get to the show a little sooner if we had to drive. And then I ended up um, only working three days a week. And then eventually I started to take leave of absences. And then I'll never forget the day, man. After I think I got signed to a record deal with Tooth & Nail Records, I remember I was sitting in the office and I had the choice, you know, wondering what if I'd never quit and just take this leap of faith and pursue music. And so I sent my resignation in and um, I never looked back, man. Talk about that day because that's really interesting to me. I can think, I can sort of picture that moment in my mind, but talk about the day that you quit your quote unquote real job to go full time in music because that was probably a pretty scary thing, I imagine, at the time, right? It was really scary, and I remember I talked to my wife about it, and she was really supportive, and we kind of looked at the numbers, and I talked to my lawyer, and was just like, and I talked to my manager, and honestly, I had just signed with this manager, and 
I didn't really know anything about the music industry. I, I didn't. I, I was really ignorant about all the income streams and didn't really know how it was going to work. I just thought, I, you know, I'm signed. I'm going to release a record. I'm going to be a rock star. The money's going to come in. And, and I just quit. Honestly, it was scary. I went into $30,000 plus in debt immediately touring and just charging everything to my credit card and didn't have proper tours booked, just didn't know exactly what was going on. And then it forced me to learn the music business and actually how an artist can make a living. And a lot of that was tied to touring at the time, and that was really the saving grace. And I remember actually I had to go back to my computer job a couple of times just to pay the bills. And there was actually one point where I was just about to go out on tour and I was buying onto the tour and I got offered my job back, but this time I would be the manager, like a hundred thousand plus a year. And, but yet I went, decided just to go on tour again. And I was treated terribly on this tour actually as opening up. I had a 15 minute slot and they let me perform one song in between the bands and I would be performing while the art, the, the bands were setting up. And I was just like, why am I here? And I just wanted to give up so bad. I was like, why am I doing this? I could be back at my job. And then the coolest thing happened, like I think maybe four or five months later, and that's when we, we, we kind of blew up in Japan and just sold thousands and thousands and thousands of albums. And, you know, it breathed life into my career, you know, worldwide and just did some really cool things. And it allowed me to keep doing what I'm doing today. And that's kind of the, the Cole's notes of it or whatnot. But, um, you know artists listening you know don't give up you know you just don't know unless you keep pushing out and you don't know unless you put a record out there you put a song out there and that's the the magical thing about the music industry and i'm sharing it now and i've gone through it but you gotta understand like that seemed like that could i could never have it's like a dream come true and you know i even look at your journeys taking you seth and it's just been it's just so cool when looking back now of both of our journeys you know yeah when we met i was for those of the the listeners who don't know out there, I used to tour and have a band and had long hair and skinny jeans. And <laughs> yeah. I think when we met, I had a rat tail. Yeah, yeah. And uh, somehow I met my wife in that season and she fell for it. I don't know what she saw back then, but <laughs> <laughs> when we, it's, yeah, a lot's changed, you know? I mean, since then I, I pulled off the road and went full time into production and songwriting and talk a little more because that's really fascinating. You turned down. $100,000 a year opportunity to go and pay money to play a song in between two other bands. I think that speaks largely to the effect of paying your dues. I mean, do you think there's a big part of that that people need to be kind of prepared for? Yeah, it's a part of paying dues and honestly a little bit of stupidity in some ways because like, you know, I do think buying onto tours is actually a really good spend of money if it's the right tour to know that you're going to be in front of fans if it's the right tour and there's people showing up then like that's a lot less riskier than spending money at radio or a publicist or anywhere else like you get to be in front of fans and you find out if your music connects and works or not because people will come to the merchandise table or they won't you know talk a little bit about the mechanics of that a lot of artists may have never even heard of that concept of buying onto a tour what what is that the whole idea of it is like you take a huge band that has maybe, you know, spent hundreds, if not millions of dollars on their career from, or the label has, and you just don't necessarily give that away for free. They paid their dues 
And as a new band, you don't just get a hall pass, a free pass, just to get in front of those fans. Like someone's worked really, really hard for that. And unless there's a relationship and it's a friend thing, and and, and that's how a lot of times it is too. You know, it's just like you take that band on tour with you because you're a fan of their music. But there's also the business side of it, and that's where you're buying on and buying onto that opening slot because you know there's a lot of expenses for bands going on tour and paying for lights and tour management and tour buses and all that stuff and so you know it helps to offset the cost of the other band but as a new artist it's it's i'd say it's one of the best ways to kind of quantum leap your career and really get you out on the road and i'm glad we did we did it i did it again with other tours and it was awesome it was a great way to to build our career so how does an artist go buy onto a tour, put gas in their van, pay for their production or whatever they need to do? How do they make a living at that? Well, depending on the situation with the band members, you know, maybe they're working when they're home and we're all working the jobs and they save up and they go do it or they're using their credit cards or the labels paying for it. And hopefully that they break even or actually make something selling merch. You know, there's tours where we bought on and we just made so much back on merch. It was awesome. I came from Canada originally, so we had some grants that helped pay for that as well too and offset the costs. And you just got to be creative and really cut your expenses and, and try and be, be smart about it. Yeah, you really have to think like a business person even more than a musician, it seems like, when you're first starting out. You really do. You really got to watch the numbers. And that's one thing, if I could go back, it's just like you can't just assume it's going to work out or just assume. You have to you have to plan and actually budget and say, okay, where is this money really going to come? What's actually going to happen? And whenever I'm budgeting now or I think money's coming in from royalties or something like that, I always try and budget lower <laughs> just in case, you know, and, and not explode it, even if I'm seeing the sound scans that are good and, you know, radio and whatnot. I always try and think, not think smaller, but plan that it might not be what I think it is, just to be conservative, I guess, is the best way to say it. So you've paid your dues, you've had some successes, sold thousands of records, toured all over the world. Where are you at at this point in your career? We've released, I think, nine albums now, and we had worked with um, labels in different countries, and this is the first time we started to go independent worldwide, just kind of take it in-house. We've had a lot of experience releasing it on our own everywhere except America, and America was kind of like the big deal. And um, it's been awesome. We crowdfunded our record. It's our third crowdfunding, and it's amazing to have the fans come and support, which is just so rad when you have a fan base and whatnot. And there comes a time where, you know, you might not really need a label anymore. And it's, you know, some artists kind of look at the label as the end, but really it's the beginning, you know, and it's a, a long term relationship. But we decided to go indie. It's been really awesome. I'm continuing to write a lot more music. I'm still touring, but not touring as much because I have a daughter now. I want to be home a lot more with my family. And we used to do 150, 200 days a year. And I'm at a place where I just want to be home a little bit more, but uh, just kind of focus with uh, what's really cool too is the era we live in. Now you people can listen to your music. You can market to them from your bedroom, from your studio, where before we had to go on tour or get on MTV or something like that for people to hear your music. So there's there's way more opportunities than ever for new artists to get their music out there. And for me, I'm, I'm utilizing those as much as I can with YouTube and everything like that. On the side, what I've been really impressed with you lately is not only are you out there making a living at your own music, but you're at the place in your career now where you can afford to sew into other up-and-coming artists. And you're kind of creating a little bit of a thing for that, right? 
Yeah, man. I, I've just been so blessed to have really good mentors in my life and people that have really helped me out. And so now I kind of have created a few courses on Udemy that I'm trying to give back and kind of teach artists everything that I've learned and kind of just kind of jumpstart their careers and say, hey, avoid this or, or set this up. Make sure you have that and kind of taking them under my wing and just investing in the next generation of artists. I think that's really important and because it's kind of the wild, wild west out there and you don't know and you could sign the wrong deal, whether it's with a label or management or whatever and just, you know, slow down, guys. You know, it's not, it doesn't happen overnight and so it's just kind of trying to help them and just like, because, you know, the Bible says it pretty clearly. We perish for lack of knowledge and we're signing the wrong thing and not knowing what we've signed and and just taking care of our business because like you said earlier it really it, it is a business as much as we just want to create art and i wish sometimes that's all it was just swirling in creativity every day but unfortunately we, we do got to you know take care of the bills and all that stuff if i'm a new artist approaches you at a show comes up to you says hey my band is called the rolling tunas <laughs> how do we get a record deal Oh man, a couple things. First of all, change your band name. Yeah, change your band name first of all. <laughs> with the, <laughs> I just made that. I just made that one up. That's I'm going really to steal that. RollingTunas.com. I'm taking it. <laughs> it starts with the songs. I don't think you can start anywhere unless you have the songs. Having really, really great songs, but then it's not even just that. You have to have a fan base before you even have the deal. Like, and that's where I say to artists, man, I'm like, build it as much as you can. If you build a fan base. You'll have the labels calling you down. You'll have the booking agents and the managers calling because it all comes down to a fan base. If you have fans that are buying tickets to your shows and buying your albums, you've got everything you need. And then the, the label can just exploit that even more and really take it to the next level and get the machine behind it and everything like that. But And I also say build it as much as you can so you have something to negotiate with. <laughs> you know, that's that's then you have something to, to work with. You know, when I first signed, I didn't have anything to negotiate with, so I would just sign everything. And you know, that's not the best place to be in for an artist, you know? And so that's why maybe doing it on your own a little bit more and investing it in yourself will put you in a much better position and you'll learn more too and you'll appreciate the people that are working for you too. Yeah, because you've been there and not just taken a jetpack to your final destination. Here's the other question. How does a band know if they should have a record deal or, or just stay independent? Man, that really comes to what your end goal is. I think that there's that movie Artifact, was it? Um, yeah. If you're looking for the whole global biggest success possible, radio top 40, you need a label that has those relationships in every single one of those countries because then all of them got the moving parts. But if you're independent, there's just some things you can't accomplish on that global scale. That doesn't mean you can't tour Globally, I've toured over 20 different countries and we still get, you know, offers to tour all over the place. But there's just certain things and relationships that the majors have that you just can't access as an indie artist. But it doesn't mean you can't have a really successful making great money. Like there's an artist, I think it's Tech Nine, who is just absolutely massive independent artist and just crushing it and has this huge empire making millions and millions a year. And he's totally independent. And so it can be done. And it's, again, it's a new world out there, you know, and uh, it's just changing so rapidly. So I personally think an artist should be independent for a really long time so they can understand the business and know what they're getting into first. Sure. One of the things that I've been really impressed by watching your career and getting to know you is the attitude of just not being afraid to try stuff. 
and see what sticks. Kind of to go to our motto that we always use around Full Circle Music is dare to suck. Yeah, you know? I love that up there. <laughs> Nothing's a bad idea. Yeah, and it's it's scary. You know, like when we did our first crowdfunding campaign, you know, it's public. You're putting yourself out there, but you don't know if you don't try. You know, I really want to try Patreon or this thing fancy you're talking about. And as artists, it's just like, man, you're really putting yourself out there to dare to suck or dare to fail in front of everybody, right? And that's just a part of it. But I, I feel like he said when it comes to like writing or in studio, like, isn't it those that just go for it that's where you hit the magic and you hit the stuff and just don't care yeah talk about your experience with crowdfunding because you've had some success at that yeah we did three crowdfunding campaigns the first one was a book that was awesome and then we did two more which were both albums we used pledge music i met the president benji rogers when i was in france at meet M, and meet M is a is a music conference where a lot of the movers and shakers go to get deals done. It's a really big music biz conference. And I learned so much and built a lot of relationships. And I cut a lot of international deals there, like doing distribution with like South Africa or Germany, or we did a deal in India where our record came out in India. And um, But I heard Benji Rogers speaking, just his passion for wanting to help artists with his company called Pledge Music, which is very music focused where Kickstarter, you have a lot of other projects. And so we decided to go with Pledge Music, and it was just a really great experience. It was a ton of work. I had no idea. I thought, you know, I saw other bands do it, and they just launched it, and just got funded in like a week or a few days. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And we started it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like so much work to really promote it and talk to your fans. But it was it was amazing because it built this really close relationship with my fans. And now when we do another one, fans are like asking, when's the next record coming? I want to be a part of the pre-order because we did tons of behind-the-scenes footage and really connected with them. And But it, it's definitely a lot of work with shipping out all the products. I'm definitely going to delegate a lot more of that out next time. But I say every artist should do a crowdfunding campaign because one of the coolest things is is the marketing starts like six or seven months before the album comes out and you got all this buzz it's like you got a little launch team you've got just so much momentum and talk about the record as opposed to maybe three months or four months or whatever like you just get a lot more time and, and buzz leading up to the record and momentum than you would just doing a regular release with a two-week pre-order or something like that on itunes so you interact a lot with your fans and you know who they are, they know who you are. How big of a part of your strategy is social media nowadays? My main social medias are Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I always say to artists, just choose one and let that be your main one. No Twitter? Uh, Twitter's on there. I use it, but it's just not my main thing. What I like about YouTube is it actually pays you. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, focusing on a platform that you can connect with, and it is a social media platform, and a lot of people forget that you can really comment and respond to your fans underneath your videos. Facebook, though, is going to start paying artists for streaming, which I'm really excited with. But uh, I love Facebook and YouTube because of the targeting, and you can really put your music and your art and your brand right in front of a very targeted audience. Like... You know, we get compared to Linkin Park a lot, so I could focus my music videos in front of them if I want and do different ads and do different things to um, market my music videos or my lyric videos or whatnot or just my songs and get them in front of a similar audience. Like, there's never been such powerful targeting with, like, social media and connecting with fans and responding to them and doing live chats and all that cool stuff. Sure. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you in the studio. We've talked about taking your hobby and 
turning it into a profession and you've been very successful at doing that and i think it's going to be inspiring for a lot of other artists out there to hear your story as well cool man i'm honored to be here and it's been an awesome journey man this was manifest check them out at manifest m-a-n-a-f-e-s-t.net and check out smartmusicbusiness.com lots of awesome info if you're a new artist wanting to get into the business check it out This is Seth Mosley, and you've been listening to the Full Circle Music Show. Make sure to head over to iTunes, leave us a good rating and review. Don't forget to download the top 10 tips from a Grammy-winning songwriter for free, thefullcirclemusic.org. Again, that's thefullcirclemusic.org, produced by Full Circle Music, with editing help from Jericho Scroggins. We'll see you back next week.